Hey gorgeous, you are listening to the Live Courageously podcast, a show created just for you, the aspiring woman who's ready to take action and step into her courageous life. I'm your host, Nicole Coker, and my mission is to leave you feeling empowered to pursue your wildest dreams and equip you with the tools you need to live courageously. Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the Live Courageously podcast. Something must be going well if you are back for episode three, and thank you for being here. Today is going to be a great one. So I hope that today I'm able to add some value into your life and challenge you to be the best you while slaying all things that you have dreamed of. Um, Today is special because we will be discovering what calling or passion that you are supposed to pursue that God has placed on your heart. Haven't you always kind of wanted to know what your purpose was in life? It's so interesting to think about because once you do find out what that thing is, you realize that he has not only defined it for you, has basically laid out who you are meant to be, but also he puts all the right resources into your life to make it all happen. Isn't that just incredible? All you have to do is recognize it and take it because God is leading the way through it all, whether you know it or not. This episode, before I get too far in, I want to dedicate it to the beautiful Amanda Marino because if it wasn't for her, I probably would have never understood what I was supposed to do in life. And I know that God put her in my life to help me find that out and see that. So today's episode is dedicated to you. Thank you so much for all that you have done for me and I can't wait to share our story of how we met and how I am where I am today because of you. To help you understand what I really mean by this whole God has placed something on your heart thing, let me share with you how I figured out how he did that for me. I truly believe that God started hinting towards my purpose when a letter in the mail came without me knowing who sent it at all. It was a brochure for a pageant actually I had never honestly at that point I didn't even know what pageants were I had no clue all I did my entire life was sports I played baseball but when I was four years old and then kind of transitioned into the softball world and continued playing all the way up until my freshman year of college um I was into volleyball I did archery I played I did I did a day of soccer because the soccer coach wanted me to come play, but things didn't work out because the seasons of softball and ba- and soccer were all in the same time, so things didn't quite work out. Um, but I just have always been the sports kind of gal. So when I got this letter in the mail, I was 17 at the time. I was like so unsure. At this point, I was still kind of shy in a way. Um, and I was like, man, because of sports, I had always been just so competitive and I was like, oh man, this looks cool. And, um, I just saw all these girls dressed up in all of these dresses and whatnot. And I was like, you know, I don't ever dress up for anything. I think that would be kind of cool to dress up in these pretty dresses and, you know, compete. 
I was kind of back and forth about it a lot, actually. And I went to an open call and I was nervous. I didn't want to go because I was just, I didn't know what to expect. It was something new that I'd never done before. I had never been near anything relatively like even this, I don't know. It was just a whole new world for me. And I went and I feel like I caught on pretty fast. Like to me, I'm a pretty quick learner when it comes to someone showing me how to do something and then doing it. In this particular open call, they were going through all the pageant stuff and then they were also showing you how to stand in what they call pretty feet. And I just felt like I clicked pretty fast with understanding all of that. Of course, there was a whole lot more to pageantry than just standing in pretty feet. That's not the point here. I just wanted to say that going and seeing and trying something new, I was like, "Ah, I'm going to do it. We went to the pageant and in the brochure, if anybody, any of my pageant people are listening, it was Nam. I don't know how in the world Nam got my address, but they did. So I went to my first state pageant ever. I had been looking at these brochures and again, had no clue what pageantry was. They talked about, oh, we want today's girl. We don't want you to have to worry about like wearing this amount of makeup. Like it's just about somebody who's ordinary and that can just be the girl next door and still be a pageant queen. That's what they promoted. And I truly believe that's exactly still what they wanted. I just didn't know all of the logistics of you need to have like hair and makeup and you need to have, you know, something worked out in terms of your walking patterns and all of that. I had no clue. I literally walked in and we had walked into the registration and I was seeing all these girls, of course, in their crown and sashes and like the people at the registration desk and they were like decked out. They had the cutest outfits. They had their makeup and their hair done. And me and my mom looked at my, like looked at each other because we had never like hair and makeup wasn't a thing. Like I didn't do it. I just kind of did my own little, you know, eyeshadow and some mascara for high school and stuff. It was nothing ever like super fancy as you see today. So we looked at each other and we're like, oh my gosh, we have got to step up our game. So literally after we got all checked in, we got into our hotel room. I mean, I had a dress. I had everything that you needed to compete. So it wasn't like I was completely unprepared. Um, But we went to Walmart that night and actually got makeup so that I could do it. And we got a curling iron and we about killed each other in the pageant, um, not the pageant, uh, but the hotel room. We were just screaming at each other because she was pulling my hair and it was just, it was a mess, completely a mess. That's how I learned that you need to be prepared when it comes to hair and makeup because it's hard whenever you have a family member doing it because you can easily be like, girl, no, this hurts, but it's a little different whenever you're working with someone else, right? Uh, anyway, that's besides the point. I ended up competing didn't place at all, but I absolutely loved it. I was like, this, this is exciting. I enjoy, I think the competitive nature of it. And then I also met some really cool friends that first year. And I was like, you know what? I think I can do better now that I understand what exactly 
this whole pageant thing is about and what is expected, I was like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to do better. With Nam at the time, I'm not quite sure how it is now, but they had this program book where you could sell ads in order to get like a free hotel room or a free optional or whatever. I was like hardcore, like I'm going for this. So I went and sold ad pages to my little small hometown. I ended up, I think, getting a free hotel night stay. I think something else. I'm not quite sure. But that year I signed up for almost all of the optionals. I even learned a karate talent just to do talent, even though I don't, I did karate for a day. <laughs> um, it was, I was like so into it. It was so special because this is when my relationship with Miss Stephanie, you know who you are. I hope you're listening. I just want to stop here for a second and say thank you so much because without you, I don't know what I would have done in terms of like getting into the pageant world, understanding what I needed to do. So Miss Stephanie, she ended up coming. She had a daughter that um, also did pageants. So she knew a little bit more about it than we did. And this particular time we were like, hey, could you come with us and help us with hair and makeup? Like, you know, help me get the walking patterns and all of that good stuff. And she willingly left like her daughter and her son with her dad. And she came with us and stayed the weekend for this pageant. Like, how incredible are you to take your time out of your day? I mean, I don't think we paid her. I don't remember. I I just remember her being there and just being so willing. And even before the pageant, I was practicing different walking patterns and stuff like that. And she would be off work and then she would come and she would help me go over interview or watch my walk. Like truly incredible. If you find some like someone like that in your life, pageant girls, you need to keep them because they are just fantastic. So anyway, she helped me get ready for all of my competitions. She helped calm me down for interview, like all these different things. And in at NAM, like you do your personal introduction first and then you do, I'm sorry, I'm trying to remember. And then you do your gown and then there's an interview that you have to go through and I nailed my personal introduction. I nailed the um, the gown. And then I got into interview. And the last time, see, at this point, I really, I think when I was thinking, I was in it for the prizes. I wasn't in it for the long run. So if anybody who's hearing this and you think that pageantry is all about a pretty face... It is definitely not. But at that time, I thought it was about being perfect and then you win a prize package and then you go to a national pageant. Like, that's what I thought it was. I had no purpose at that point. I just wanted to win, right? So I had gotten into interview and the last time that I had been in the interview room at NAM, the last question was, well, why should you be, you know, Miss NAM teen? or the NAM South Carolina team. And I was totally prepared for it to be the last question and not like the second question. So I had went in, the first question was kind of like your introductory one. It was just kind of like warming you up. And then bam, the second judge was like, why do you want to win? And I just 
completely messed it up completely it was so bad and I was just so upset that I had went through the rest of the interview and I had just nailed all of the other ones except for the one the most important question how in the world did I manage that so long story short I ended up being first runner-up I went from not placing at all to being first runner-up in my second ever pageant like I was thrilled but I was also sad of course because I didn't win but I'm glad that I didn't because God knew that I did not have the right purpose in mind whenever I was competing. All I wanted to do was just win. I didn't have any um, goals or dreams that I wanted to do with the title. It was just something that I wanted to win. And then I wanted to go to California because that's where they were holding their national pageant. And I was like, oh, that's that'd be so cool. I've never been to California. At that time, it was just about winning. It wasn't about what can I do for others. After that, I ended up finding a pageant system called USA National Miss. I feel like at this time, I was still like not sure exactly what pageantry was all about, but I was like, I like this. This is this is nice. I really like being able to compete and like meeting people from all across the state. Like it just, it was so much fun to me. Of course, I was also learning a lot of skills in my life, like talking to people, which I hadn't done that much except for my close friends and family. So I was sort of getting out of my comfort zone a little bit, learning how to speak on stage and to walk with grace and poise and talk to people in interviews. So there's a lot of skills I was also gaining along like side all of this competing and everything that I was doing. So I went to USA National Miss and competed there for the first time for the Miss South Carolina title and I ended up winning. That was my first ever title, three pageants later, that I was the USA National Miss South Carolina 2017. Ever since then, I've been with USA National Miss growing and making impactful change in the world around me. Um, But it wasn't until, I believe, last year that I truly found the purpose. So you might be wondering, okay, God put this pageant in your life, so what? How does that have anything to do with your calling? Well, the calling is embedded within the perks of being a title holder. Your voice is amplified when you have a sash across your chest and a crown on your head. This doesn't mean in any way you can't make an impact without one. This just means for me, God knew that I need some motivation to actually start using my voice and God knew I needed to establish myself in the pageant world in order for it to work through me during my darkest times because I won the USA National Miss South Carolina title of 2017 during the fifth year of that toxic relationship, which I had been through throughout all of my USA National Miss um, titles, except for the last couple. So pageantry is what kept me alive and the resources God put into my life all came through the pursuit in winning a pageant title pageantry is so special to me and so important to me and in particularly like USA National Miss because this was the pageant system that got me out of a super dark time because it was something I was able to be my own self within and then it also taught me so many different values in life. Basically all of this is being said because 
once I started to understand what the true purpose of pageantry was, using your voice to get things across that you're passionate about or you know that young girls or people around the world need to know, that's the reason why it's here. That's the reason why it's in my life because God knew that I have something to tell. He put me through that six-year relationship because he knew there was many girls across the world that are going through the same exact thing right now and they don't know. So with me going through all of that, sticking through it for six years, that wasn't a mistake. That was God saying, hey, you need to learn everything there is to know about toxicity in in your life and how to have courage to stand up for yourself and what you believe in, how to set standards for yourself and understand that you shouldn't let anyone define who you are or tell you who to be that was his reasoning for keeping me in that relationship but also allowing me to be myself when it comes to pageantry this is where things gets good because now that I have exited the relationship I'm now focused on me and I'm focused on you know winning at life through pageantry I ended up um, my first year of USA National Miss, I didn't have a coach. It was my first ever national pageant, had no clue what I was doing. Let me tell you, it was a disaster. My second year was better because now I had a little bit of experience under my belt. I was like, okay, I know what to do. I know what to expect. I'm ready to go. So I ended up making top 15 that year. And then when things started I was like okay I'm so serious like this is something I'm truly passionate about I want to be on that next level being able to make an impact in the world but at this point I didn't know exactly what it was that I was supposed to be using to impact the world I hadn't been I hadn't realized it yet and this is when God put Amanda Marino into my life she is phenomenal she's a pageant coach and she coaches all different systems and she's more about not only helping you win your next pageant but also giving you the tools and all of the good knowledge that you need to know to win it life as well. So for my third year at USA National Miss I started working with Amanda. At that point I didn't really I didn't have a platform. I didn't know what I needed to communicate to the judges. I was just going in and when they asked me something, I would just tell them whatever. Like I didn't have a true purpose and a true mission and a true like message to give. So she was like, okay, well, is there anything like tragic that has happened in your life that has shaped you into who you are or you know anything that is truly just special to you in any way and you know I was sitting there and I was like honestly I really don't know like I felt like I had lived a pretty you know normal pretty pleasant life I hadn't lost anyone you know very special to me um to anything at all like I had you know, a great life, I thought. There was nothing that I could think of. And I was like, well, I mean, when I was like six, my parents divorced. I mean, other than that, but that didn't affect me. Like it, it affects other people. Like I was just like, okay, this is life now. Like it, I don't know what it is. I just never thought of it as terrible. 
to me, that was like, oh yeah, two Christmases, right? (laughs) She, I was like, okay, well, I guess that's it because there's nothing else that has happened. I uh, had left that call and I was like, okay, she had helped me like go through some things to understand like, okay, well, what can you create with this to help other people get through that type of situation? And I was like, okay, well, I could probably do that and do this. You know, I was thinking about all these different things and I was like, okay, well, I will see you next time. I'm going to think it through and see what I can come up with. And I was getting excited for it. I was like, oh, this is, this is great. I'm finally going to have something to like really talk about an interview. And I was sitting there and I was thinking about all these things that I could do. And then I was like, wait a minute. A divorce, divorced parents is not what was the worst thing that has ever happened to me in my life, even though I didn't think that was the worst thing. I was like fine with it. I was like, I cannot believe that I sat there and completely forgot that for six years of my life, people, I was in a toxic relationship. Like, how in the world do you forget that? I was like, oh my gosh, what? And I think it was because it was something that I just didn't want to talk about. And I didn't want to, you know, take all the memory memories and like pull them back to the front of my head. I just didn't want to think about it. And that's why it just never came to my brain. And I feel like I also thought that relationship was not as bad as it could have been. I really downplayed the whole situation, even though I had been through a lot of different things, was emotionally abused and just completely treated in the wrong way. But I had suppressed all of that. I was like, I felt there were people in the world who were going through much worse things than me. There was people who were actually um, being physically abused or there's, you know, kids all around the world who don't have the right people in their life to help them exceed and excel at life. So I was like, you know, my little relationship where I got through it, got out of it, like I just didn't see it as something that was worth talking about because I knew there were so many people in the world that were just struggling and they didn't have those people in their life to help them get through that situation. And I just didn't think my situation was as bad as it actually was. After thinking about it and the next session that I had with Amanda, I was like, you know what, Amanda, I told you last time that it was my parents being divorced. That was like the, I guess the most tragic thing that had ever happened to me. And I was like, you know what? I was thinking about it and I was like, I was in a relationship for six years that was pretty toxic. And she was like, are you kidding me? You mean to tell me that you completely forgot that you were in such a terrible relationship? Because I was, you know, telling her the story about it and all of that. And she was like, girl, this is it. This is what you need to talk about because there are so many girls that also don't know they're in this toxic relationship. This is something you need to get out into the world because there's so many people who are hurting because of it or have no clue. You need to tell your story because if you don't, there are so many girls in this world who are just going to continue to stay where they're at, stay complacent, and just go through the motions and not get out of the situation because they don't know that they have something better waiting for them. They don't know that they have Um, such special qualities that 
make them just they don't need to be in this relationship because there's so much more than that and I was just like man you are just great so we had came up with um this program called courageous choices this is what it was before what it is now and it was more about um, helping young women and children to understand that they have the power to make a courageous decision in their life because I really loved kids and I also wanted to help young women. So I had started that YouTube channel that I had mentioned and was just talking about like the toxic relationship traits, unhealthy versus healthy. Like I got a couple videos out about it, but I feel like at that point I was just doing it for the pageant. Like it was something that I needed to have in order to have something to talk about in the interview. And I just kind of did 10 videos just to get it out there. And I was like, well, if I win, I'm going to continue to do more. But then when I didn't win, I just stopped, like dropped it. And that's not what God wanted me to do. (laughs) He was like, no, girlfriend, this is not this is not it. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to be so prepared this year. I have a coach. I know what I'm going to talk about. And y'all, I didn't even make top 15 that year. I went, I literally got off stage. I went and sat because they kind of sit you in the audience for all the people who didn't make top 15 and like kind of watch the show. That way you're not just sitting backstage twiddling your thumbs. And I was just sitting in the audience and I was just, I was okay with it because I knew that I didn't put in the work to be up on that stage to compete again. I just knew it. I knew I was not putting in the effort that I was supposed to be. So I cheered on my other contestants, Jillian. Ah, yes, I remember you in that beautiful yellow runway outfit and all of the different things and all the different people that I got to cheer on on stage. And I was content while I was sitting out there in the audience after I had spent so much money, so much time, um, an investment into this pageant, but I was investing in all the wrong things. Yes, you need to be prepared in other aspects of the pageant. Yes, you have to have your gowns, you have to have your interview outfits, and you need to know your walks, whatever. But I just knew I was not putting in the effort that I needed to in order to be a successful national title holder. So I was like, okay, I don't feel like my story is done here with USA National Miss. I'm going in for another round. So this is year four. At this point, there's the way it works. Like you have to compete and be a state title holder. But then the next year you can be an appointed title holder. So I had been that state title holder back in in 2017 as USA National Miss South Carolina 2017. And then I took two years of appointed title. So I was Miss Palmetto State. 2018 and then I was Miss Yellow Jasmine State 2019 but this year I had to actually compete again to go back so I was like man I hadn't competed like for a state title in two years like I was nervous I didn't know how it was gonna go and I knew that I was gonna be so upset if I wasn't able to pull it out and I ended up going to the state pageant. I still was working through this Courageous Choices thing and I had actually created a coloring book, which by the way, I did like a trial run. I have like, uh, I actually made them all by hand and I'm going to be officially publishing that soon because 
I know that all of you guys need it. No one knows about it. I had created it a year ago and nobody knows that I have my own coloring book that I created. How ridiculous is that? So stay tuned on that because there will be a coloring book coming to you soon besides the point. But anyways, I had been working hard on creative choices. I was, you know, really putting in that work and I went to the South Carolina pageant and I won. USA National Miss South Carolina 2020. I was just so excited, so excited that I was able to compete for another year with USA National Miss, the system that's just been so special to me. I actually got to tell Miss Shackey, the national director at the state pageant, this was before I won, this was kind of in the beginning stages of all the parties and everything, and I was like, Jackie, your pageant has just changed my life. It really has, because if I weren't here, I don't know where I would be, because pageantry is what kind of pulled me out of the darkness that gave me something to look forward to something that was just mine and I knew that the people in pageantry they were always uplifting and you know telling me all these great things about myself and who I could be and you know all of that and I actually told her exactly how I felt about being in this pageant system and it was just so great when it all came full circle and I won And now I'm on the pursuit to the USA National Miss 2020 title, um, which will be happening soon in November. It got pushed back um, because of COVID-19 fun things. But this year is going to be different. And it is different because now that I have discovered what it is that God wants me to talk about, wants me to get out into the world, I now know what I need to do in order to do that. And I can do it through pageantry. I could do it on my own. And this is why I'm here because I was able to understand that what you do and all the different things that you do to prepare for a pageant, it's not about preparing for the pageant. It's about preparing yourself for what comes after, whether you win or you lose. This podcast is not going to just stop like my YouTube channel did. The YouTube channel was for the pageant, just to have something to say in interview. The podcast, it's much more than pageantry. It's much more than a title or a sash or a crown. It's so much more than that. And I cannot wait just to continue to grow this family, to continue to give you all the knowledge that I know on all the different topics, but I also want to continue to help you reach your goals and everything. It just, this podcast isn't just going to be about toxicity and relationships. I want it to be so much more than that because of pageantry, because of Miss Amanda, all of that has just come full circle for me. And I'm just so excited that I'm here and I'm able to talk to you guys about all of these things. And that's just kind of the story of how I, discovered what it was that I'm supposed to give back to the world. So after all of that, I realized that God set me up for every step of the way and pushed me towards one of my callings that through something that I loved, which was pageantry and something that was extremely difficult that I'd been through. He merged my trials and tribulations into one place for me to help and inspire the beautiful women that is listening to my voice right now to live courageously. So what does that mean for you? Well, now that you know God has something special that you are supposed to share, 
It is time to start recognizing the resources he's putting into your life right now. So this might be your first resource, which is why you're here right now. You see how God did that? So you might be asking, well, I'm here and I'm listening, but I don't know my calling. Well, what is something you've always wanted to do that you can't explain? What experiences or messages do you have that could be beneficial to the world around you, whether you think they are beneficial or not? Do you have a love for volunteering, for speaking, a specific career path you want to pursue? What gifts did God give you? Singing, dancing, it could be acting, knitting, I don't know, running. I mean, it could be something completely different from that, but I bet something is popping into your head right now. Something that you know how to do that's so special that not many people know how to do or a lot of people know how to do, but you are ambitious enough to actually put it out in the world. Something that you have a desire to do. That's it, girl. That's what he's been placing on your heart right now and you have to go for it. So my challenge for you is to write that thing down right now that God has placed in your mind or on your heart. Something you've always wanted to do, something that he has been hinting towards. You've seen it pop up a lot in your life. It's something that some experience that you've been through that you know that someone else may be going through and you know some things about it to help them through it. I don't know, whatever it is, you may not have a clue how to start, but you know you need some help. So next, I want you to write down all the resources you think you might need in order to get this started. And now take one step towards obtaining that goal. This is the step into a world of opportunities and God will surely provide for you. He will put everything you need to have in your pathway. He will let you know in so many different ways and he's just ready for you to just truly step into what it is that you're supposed to be telling the world. You're the people that you're supposed to be helping right now. There's something you've got it and he's ready for you to take that and just run with it. And I'm just so excited for you. And girl, it's time to rise up, take courage, and do it. Hey, girl. Thank you so much for listening and allowing me to be a part of your journey and living your courageous life. I am so incredibly grateful you are here. And if this podcast has brought some value into your life, please share it with your friends or someone you know who needs that extra encouragement today. If you are feeling extra inspired, please head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. I love you all so, so much. And until the next episode, remember to always live courageously.